I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? We saw some slug zombies this week. Yeah, we did not watch Slither uh, as much as... But we saw some slug zombies. Yeah. James Gunn wrote in, he's like, hey, you should watch Slither. And then we said, is that really a zombie film? And then then he promptly stopped replying to our messages. But uh, we are here to talk about... Well, later on, Night of the Creeps, which was uh, nominated through our Extra Life campaign. We're making our way through those, and we're having a blast. I I feel like it's been a lot of fun to watch these films and uh, maybe discover that I've I've already seen it. So uh, my memory is just terrible. I don't know about you, but my long-term memory, I watched it probably like 20 years ago, but still... (laughs) Oh, I've seen this movie a bunch, so I th- th- I had forgotten some stuff. It had been a while for me, but uh, I'm I still really like this one. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, let's uh, let's not delay any further. We have some news to get to. Has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. First up in the news, uh, you know, we're always looking for details of the next Resident Evil game, and we've got some uh, details here from fanbite.com uh, from the unannounced Resident Evil 4 remake. And Lou, I feel like this news is basically like catering to you in the sense that they're saying, if accurate, sources are saying that the Resident Evil 4 remake is going to be closer to the original concept for resident evil 4 a a darker more horror focused resident evil 4 how do you feel about that i'm okay with that yeah i think that that's i think that's what it needs if we're gonna you're gonna do something with with resident evil make it darker make it spookier yeah yeah now the original creator of uh resident evil or at least uh, i can't know i don't know if it was uh resident evil or if it's the guy behind resident evil 4 um uh tatsua no 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 uh shinji mikami uh they wanted to get so capcom this is a story we've talked about before capcom wanted to bring them back he felt he was too busy with tango gameworks which is his studio with uh, bethesda now microsoft um and uh they wanted to bring an internal after resident evil 3 remake didn't quite get the response they were looking for but uh the idea here is that it's going to be more based in uh, the the night. So, like, the famous village introduction set piece will take place at night as opposed to in the day. And I, and I think that was one of the things about Resident Evil 4, having just played it again, uh, or at least started it again uh, with Resident Evil 4 on the VR, I am reminded of how bright that game is, especially right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, this is just sources say blah blah blah. But like, they're talking about uh, fleshing out other aspects of the game. Uh, one will focus on Assignment Ada, which was a short campaign 
uh, starring Ada. They are going to look to sort of flesh that out. And um, yeah, I am super excited for a Resident Evil 4 remake. I hope this is something we get uh, either late this year or early next year. That seems to be their their sort of focus for these games. I think Resident Evil 3 was announced in like November, December and came out February. Like it was a pretty quick turnaround from what I recall. Yeah, they, they, the the second game came out and then like I felt like 3 was like like 18 months later, if not sooner. It was like a year away. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it, you're right. It was not too far away from 2. It's almost like they were, de- they were definitely developing. My guess is if they do 4, they might remake 5. Yeah, I mean, five is still within that realm of remakeable. I, I feel like you could remake five, or you if know. you remade five, you have to make some changes, and I think that's what that game needs. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think five could uh, could see some changes, and I, and I think if you're doing you're going to do a remake of a more recent Resident Evil game, it has to have it has to be more than just like an up-res, like two and three were. Um, mm-hmm. it has to be like a re envisioning of not necessarily the story, but the mechanics and, um, uh, some of the lo- uh, gameplay loop. Right. Um, yeah. but I feel like it's diminishing returns once you do four, but I, I've been proven wrong before. We'll see what four brings us. I would still like to see a code Veronica remake. Cause that's a game I've never played. So, uh, hopefully they get around to that soon. But uh, speaking of not soon and not this year, The Last of Us HBO series not expected in 2022. I feel like, Lou, you uh, you were going to say called it. Yeah, no, I, th- we've seen so little about this. I'm not surprised to hear that this is for 2023. Yeah. So this comes from a Hollywood Reporter uh, article, basically, where they were interviewing the the dude, uh, the chief content officer of HBO and HBO Max, basically saying, like, yeah, they're still shooting it in Canada. Uh, there was a casting uh, uh, notice that just went out for a character. So, like, yeah. they are very much still filming it, very much still putting this show together. I Like, I could see early 2023. I could see our first trailer launching in the second half of this year. Um, yeah. Maybe even potentially at the Game Awards. Uh, that might be a good spot for it if they are aiming for 2023. Yeah. I agree with you, Lou. I, I think if uh, we haven't seen a trailer yet, this is definitely not happening this year. Um, but also I'd rather wait for there to be more done. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather wait till it's done when it's done. It's done. There's no reason to rush this stuff. No, you definitely don't want to rush it because I feel like if you're rushing it, it is not a, an, it's not a proper adaptation. You're just like, you're just porting it to the screen and, and i don't want that and i know you don't want that like i no. i know they're gonna stay within the same story but to just do a straight port isn't necessarily what we're what we're looking for we're looking for a new take on a beloved story i guess sort right. of but uh speaking of beloved stories how do you feel about the uh, long development of dead island 2 it's never coming <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, uh, there's an article that just got posted today, this morning, uh, Dead Island 2 speculated to release next year, so 2023, this is the the episode of 2023, Um, they're basically saying, like, oh, it's still coming, don't worry, and uh, it's probably next year, I I remember 
development, I can't remember where it's being developed right now, but one of the developers that was working on it, which was um, Sumo something, I think, they got bought by Tencent. So (laughs) it's hard to say. I believe it's here when I see an actual gameplay trailer and a release date and a price point. Until then, I'm it's ne- it's never coming. Yeah. Yeah, there's a the, the article doesn't have a lot to go on, but during a presentation held last week with publisher Deep Silver's parent company Embracer, Q&A host uh said that the zombie-infested RPG is very clearly still alive and expect to release this this financial year or sorry, next financial year. You should say so that would that would be starting next March. Uh, yeah, so March no sorry March twenty twenty two to Mar- uh, March twenty twenty three. So yeah, I agree with you, Lou. I'll believe when I see it. Like if it skips this E three or e- announcement window this summer, I-, I don't think it's coming out. Uh, like what we got a we got a CG trailer and then like maybe a couple of screenshots. That was that was like six years ago. I mean. Dying Light 2 beat it to market, and Dying Light was a follow-up to Dead Island. <laughs> yeah. So, um, actually, that's an elephant in the room. Like, uh, I think since our last podcast, Dying Light 2 came out, neither of us have uh, checked it out. No, I haven't checked it out. Um, I, I did go back into De- uh, Dying Light 1 and tr- mess around with it, and I think they've polished it up. It played better than I remember it uh, the last time I played it. Yeah, well, they've been patching it. They've been working on it since the day it launched. Uh, I think that's one of the things people really love about that developer is that they they really support the games when it comes out. So, um, yeah, we have not played Dying Light Two. I, I had a I had a conversation with a, another co-host of mine, Crofton, about Dying Light Two. It it feels like a Game Pass game, like a game that will eventually come to Game Pass in the next year, just yeah. due to the fact that it is like. Um, it is a game that will see a lot of updates and will need to be thrust back into the limelight. And that's a great way to, to get more press is when you're added to game pass. So yeah, I think by this summer, maybe fall, you could see it come to game pass. So, uh, I've got lots going on, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to wait or at least wait for a sale. Uh, so, um, but it, it's, it received pretty good reviews, I think. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move into our main topic of uh, the week, which is our movie discussion. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a great line. It's in the trailer. Oh, I had to use uh, it. I, I love Tom Atkins. He, Atkins does not do enough. No, oh, is that who that is? It's funny. Yes. He I he's so recognizable when in this film. And he's the yeah. he's the hero in Halloween three, the one Mike without Michael Myers. He's in this isn't even his first zombie movie he's done about 10 of them um he's also uh he's also the hero cop in the first maniac cop with bruce campbell um 
uh, he he's uh, he's a very well known horror actor. And and in the late eighties, early nineties, he basically began playing the same cop in everything. Okay, well there you go. I think he is. He's there's a couple other recognizable actors, and I do have a clip that I'll I'll play in a bit um, because I want to get your I want I know you know who it is. So I'm not I don't even want to look it up on IMDb. I just want to play the clip, and you're gonna know who it is. But before that, we're talking about Night of the Creeps. We should mention that. Uh, alien brain parasites entering humans through the mouth turn their host into a killer zombie, and uh, some teenagers start to fight against them. And by some, we mean two, really. Um, that's about it. Just two teenagers. Uh, it's not like a large outbreak. It's it's maybe like 10 or 15 people that get infected with these uh, these worms <laughs> or parasites. These, these slugs. Slugs. These slug zombies. Yeah, that that checks out. Um, The movie starts a little weirdly in that it starts in the 50s. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Well, it's Elephant in the Room. It starts with aliens, we should say. Yeah, this movie is, this movie does like nine things. And every single time it does it, you go, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But it all works, too. I I really felt like. It absolutely all works. Like, you can't, I can't believe they pull it all together. Yeah. And this is a classic 80s movie that just it again could not be made today but if it were and you give it to the right director uh slash creative team you could have a lot of fun with it like i I feel like this is a one of those like night of the comets or night of the comet a movie that could be adapted and remade in our current time and kind of have some fun with it you know uh i think the alien subplot is just sort of a weird um, excuse for there to be these 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 slugs. Like the the aliens have no real part in the film outside of like dropping the canister because it seems like someone's trying to steal it, so they they dump it out of the ship, and then the ship shows up at the end. But there are no real consequences to that outside of maybe explaining away a potential plot for a sequel, but. The aliens have no part in it outside of causing the 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 worms to 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 be on our on our planet, but like it starts with aliens, then it's the fifties, and then it jumps thirty years. But but during the fifties, the worms get out, and or a worm gets out and infects uh, a human, but that human is put in cryo for some reason. That I don't think that's explained, is it? It's, it's not really uh they find i think he gets found by the college students or the professor at the college and they know that there's something wrong with him so they freeze him to study him Mm Hmm. okay it doesn't it's the one plot point in the movie that gets explained really poorly and the other plot point that gets really you, you you have no idea where it's going is our hero the cop he uh in the fifties, uh, an axe killer kills his girlfriend and uh, and her new boyfriend, and, and and he hunts the the guy down and kills him and buries the body. And uh, you're like, why are they showing me this? What does this have to do with a zombie movie? And then, boy, does it pay off later. Right. Okay. No. So explain that. I I missed that part. In that he was feeling guilty, he killed he killed the axe murderer. 
he killed the axe murderer and buried him. Right. And it's and when and and when the first few slug zombie things get on the loose, somebody gets killed with an axe or something, and so he thinks it's got something to do with the axe killer being on the loose. And uh uh, and what you don't, what they don't do a good job of explaining to you is that he killed that guy, so that guy shouldn't be back. And then that guy comes back from the dead. Oh, and that's why he's worried because he said it's buried underneath this like this cottage house, and he's yeah. he knows the body's nearby. And assuming that these worms are going for anything really to infect, yeah. Okay, okay, that that checks out. Um, th- but you're right. Like, there's a lot of this randomness to the film, but it all connects. You know, outside it, like it, it just has. It, even if it's one loose thread, it still connects, and yeah. I really appreciated that about this film. Like honestly, like it, it could have just been, um, like uh, an excuse to have uh, zombies, and and you know everything's just there to. Uh, we've watched a couple of those films, and they were really. I think like Rave to the Grave comes to mind. Um, I'm trying to think of the what is it? Um, night. What is the movie called? What's the sub? Not the subtitle, but what's the the parent title? It's not Night of the Living Dead. It's, it's Return, Return of the of Living Dead. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Those films, which are just like an excuse to have zombie action, which is fine. But in this one, it feels like they really thought it all out. And I don't know if I'm giving it more credit than it's due, but uh, I really did enjoy it. And uh, I'll say this. Um, that th- this is becoming a trend, but I've seen this before. Uh, I definitely remember it was part of, again, my older brother renting like 10 horror films at a time from Blockbuster, and we'd watch them uh, over the course of a week in, in the summer. And uh, this was one of them, I, re- I remember, because the the key scene that stands out is the one at the end when the the main guy is in a tux and the his lady friend, Cynthia, has um, a flamethrower. I remember, and the cop. I remember the cop too. He's very memorable. He's got a bunch of lines that I, of course, captured. He's the best part of the movie. He is the best part of the movie. Um, but yeah, uh, this this was my favorite line. It's very early on from him, and it gives you a really good example of what he's like. Is this a homicide or a bad B movie? Both. It's yes, both. It <laughs> and I wouldn't even call it a bad B movie, but he he makes a valid point. He makes a valid Well, that point. was the attempt. That's what they were trying to do with this, is they were trying to make an intentionally bad B-movie. Yeah, but they succeeded in making a pretty good B-movie, I think. I agree. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, I, I mean, we can just blow through these lines of his because they're all really great. Uh, here's another one. Detective Cameron? No. Bullwinkle Moose. Thrill me. He was always saying thrill me. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Like it's like it's like we owe him something. Thrill me. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he, he's just he, his whole character is just like I've seen it all. I've done everything and then he sees slug zombies and you're like he, and he just kind of shrugs it off and you're like, "Yep. Be movie hero." Yeah, exactly. Um this is one where he's he's basically questioning how a corpse could just walk away. All right, that's fine, fine. Candy, yes, but fine. There's just one minor problem. Corpses that have been dead for 27 years do not get up and go for a walk by themselves. (laughs) 
he's so great he's everything he says is 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 awesome um okay lou this was the one with uh the actor that i know you're gonna know right away but i'll i'll play a clip of it and uh, he's so familiar so listen to this so what can i do you for well the thing is uh walter what i need is i need your basic flamethrower flamethrower yeah who's that i have to look up his name because i know him and as soon as he came up on screen i remembered his name and now that you've called me out on it (laughs) i have to think about it and i'm going oh crap no it literally when he showed up as the sergeant uh uh or the the guy behind the counter i was like no way he's i forgot he's in this and uh uh, the thing I know him the most from, uh, Dick Miller. That's who it is. Really? Uh, yeah. And Dick Miller was in, um, he's also in Tales of the Crypt Demon Knight. Hmm. Um, uh, he died in January of 2019, and he still had movies coming out in January of 2019. Hmm. Um, but he Dick Miller familiar, is. familiar, though. Like, I, like I've seen him in something else. Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Um, he was in the V series, if you've ever saw that from the 80s. Um, it, it, he was, it, the guy has been in everything. Cool. And he always plays that same kind of role. He's always like the, the disgruntled cop or the disheveled cop, or he's the homeless bum. I've seen him play a homeless bum, bum about a hundred times. Um, you know, he's, uh, it, as soon as you see him uh, in anything, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. He's <laughs> any, Anything he's in, it's quality. That's the way I view it. He, he oh, has a small he's in Gremlins. Oh, okay. He's in Gremlins. That's what you might know him from. He was in Gremlins. Yeah. He's the father? No, he's not the father. He's like the, the neighbor across the street or something. Right. The doctor, I think. Okay, then definitely. Mr. F- Mr. Futterman, that's who he was. Definitely. Okay, that's exactly it. You nailed it. Um, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll keep going with this clip because it, it is golden. What's the matter? The old snub nose ain't good enough for you anymore? Uh, I know, I know. Just break out the old heavy artillery, will you, Walt? One flamethrower. There you go. Uh, by the way, you gotta watch out for this baby. Once you like the pilot, it goes out, and it plays hard to get like a son of a bitch. Thanks. So, uh, if you just let me have the requisition. So, here's the thing about uh, this specific scene. Again, any other film, you'd be like, what? A police station has a flamethrower? And you completely wave that away by having this really hilarious interaction between the two. You're no longer worried why there's a flamethrower in a police station. You're just, you're finding it hilarious that... He's so casually asking for a flamethrower. Like, you've already um, excused the the weirdness of it by just him asking for a flamethrower isn't met with confusion. It's just, oh yeah, the, yeah. Oh, honestly, let me get it. I really wouldn't be surprised if police sta- some police stations do have a flamethrower. There are uses for it that don't have to do with killing a suspect. You know what I mean? You might use it to, like, get somebody out of something. Or if you live in a cold climate, sometimes some people use that to defrost stuff. Hmm. I never thought so, of that. I mean, so, it, there is, I, I mean, it does take you aback. You go, what? You're asking for a flamethrower. Uh, but uh, but if you think about it, it's not it's not that unusual. Okay. 
All right. Well, there you it's go. It's not like he's asking for a rocket launcher. You know what I mean? If he was asking for a rocket launcher, I'd be like, uh, no. Yeah. Flamethrower, no problem. Rocket launcher, step too far. I, I, yeah. That, that makes, that checks out. Um, yeah, like, I think, and, and this film has a really slow arc, right? Like, the, the parasites are kind of slowly building up. And I think it's like the first half of the film is is a very slow burn leading to eventually the parasites uh getting a bit of a, a foothold uh on on the college site uh but but really it is a, it is a slow burn but it but it's still fine like it, i didn't find it slow i i felt it was fine um he's just kind of trying to think about like the second half of the film being more action uh than mm-hmm. than the first half um but it's very funny. Like there's a lot of funny lines. I mean, we played a good chunk of them, but I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed this one. The other thing I've always really enjoyed about the film is when you get introduced to our two main heroes that are college students, one of them does have like a permanent problem and he's on crutches. Mm -hmm. And you don't see that in horror movies very often. They always put the guy in a wheelchair and they usually kill him off. Like, like early on he never makes it the whole movie and while this guy doesn't make it the whole movie he makes a good two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah and even even his death has some poignant fact he is the person that uh, it's almost like the first time you see the resident evil diary that's the way I, I i view the scene that our main hero goes back to his dorm room and finds an audio recorder sitting on the desk and hits play and it's the main, it's the other kid telling him about how he's infected and he's dead and he's going to go down into the basement and take care of it. And that it's fire that kills them. So you got to use fire. And when he does it, I, I, I'm like, this is where Resident Evil got their idea from. This is where itchy, scratchy, tasty comes from. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a really good point because uh, I did originally clip that part because it was really... It was an, I felt it was, again, a very unique portrayal of a character being smart in an 80s horror film. Because usually what would happen is he would be infected and he would just be like, try to play it off as like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to still be around my friends. But no, he uh, realizes what's happening. Uh, He documents that he has, uh, he's no heartbeat, no pulse. He's essentially dead. He can feel the brain or the, the slugs in his brain and they don't show any of that. So again, your imagination's running wild with just the descriptor of this recording. Um, and, but he isolates himself. He recognizes, uh, he used the fire while he was in the bathroom to kill one of the slugs. So he basically yeah. like isolates himself in the furnace room and our hero goes down to discover the furnace room and, and he has passed away and all the slugs that have escaped his head have also passed away from from not even fire, but the heat of, of the furnace. Yeah. Um, and that basically sends our, our hero to discover like, oh, immediately he knows the weakness of these of these parasites and is able to immediately use that information. He doesn't sit on it. He acts on it right away. And I thought that was very smart of the film. Like usually films released in the 80s of this caliber you know trying to be a little comedic like lean on the stupid side right yeah and this was very smart of these characters so i i also distinctly very much love 
the fact that when uh, the detective is alone in the house and the guys are coming in and he starts shooting heads and the, the slugs start popping out and he realizes he doesn't have a flamethrower, he, he grabs his cigarette and he grabs a, a, a spray can and boom, he's burning, burning the slugs down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, specifically this moment here. Doc, it's Miller time. So. <laughs> oh man um so 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 we should so i have to ask yes so night of the comet and uh night of the creeps they often get uh construed or compared they came out around the same time um and they're very similar films they're both in the same kind of genre which one do you like better oh night of the creeps for sure I, I think that from not from a zombie versus zombie standpoint, I, I take that debate right out of it. Just from the quality of the action, the comedy, the 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 characters being smart. I liked both films, but I would I would give a nod to Night of the Creeps as, as being um, more enjoyable for me. For uh, sure. Like, like t- t- I've always felt that there's a bunch of people that think night of the comet is a much better film. And I think that this is a much better film. I mean, it's not that it's not full of plot holes. There's a couple of moments where you're like, why aren't the slugs killing people? Or how like, like there's a couple of moments where you're like, the slugs are running away. Why are they running away? And, um, I, and, and I will say this, uh, to listeners. I watched this in two chunks. Um, I watched this in two chunks. The first chunk uh, while I was uh, eating my lunch at work, and then the other half uh, later today, like a week apart. <laughs> so I was kind of like trying to remember. They have the scene where they're like, the girl goes, "Oh, the slugs are going in the basement. They want Donna's Donna's science project." And I was like, I was like, "What was the science project?" And I was like, "Oh, that's right. It's brains in a jar." Yeah. Again, another throwaway line and again like it's a zombie film so as soon as they're like oh what's in the jars brains Ooh, put them downstairs it's like they they did that was a bit of a uh like a a randomness in that like oh you got a a, a jar of brain a bunch of jar of brains and of course you put them in the basement and that's why the slugs are sort of like reacting and sticking to one part of the wall in, in the climax of the film um and and our hero cop sort of sacrifices himself and I feel like this this actually might be a good time to talk about like the endings of the film because you were saying pre-show there's two endings. There's two endings. Um, uh, this is the ending I don't remember the one that we saw. I don't remember the alien ship and uh, him walking out as, as uh, on fire and slugs c- coming out of his head. I don't remember that scene. I distinctly remember a dog running up to the girl at the end of the movie and then a zomb- a slug jumps out of the, the 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 dog at her that's the ending i remember and apparently that's from the original theatrical cut and i think that's what i've seen a couple i think i've seen this version before but i think the first few times i saw it i think i saw the original theatrical cut and i think that that's the scene i saw yeah i i remember this ending um I would have watched the the home VHS version when I was a kid, and and oh, I totally didn't see this in theaters. I would have been four years old. Okay, so but, I wonder. But, yeah, but, but but I think I saw it on like reruns on like HBO or something, and I think they were running the other version. Oh, okay. 
I prefer this ending. Um, I rented it from the Google Play Store. I prefer this ending in the sense that I feel like it. Okay, there is a hole. There's a plot hole in the sense that, like, would the slugs have incubated that fast in his head? Because he was only in there for not that long. And it was really hot. So, again, if the. Like, there was a giant fire. So, it, it, I guess you could, you know explain it away by the fact that the the slugs were in his head and, and he's walking around because he's a zombie but uh i i feel like it, the slugs escaping um can lead to a sequel but yeah. the aliens showing up can quickly explain that away I, I i alluded to this earlier in the show and that like the aliens showing up is like they're searching for the slugs they find the slugs sequel no longer needed you know yeah um or maybe needed who knows the thing that I distinctly remember about this this movie, or the thing, the scene I love the most, is our cop hero kills the 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 killer in the that comes out of the basement with the axe for the second time, and he goes through all this trauma, and he's in his apartment, and you don't quite realize what he's doing, like he's walking around the apartment like he's getting comfortable, and you hear this noise in the background like a. And you don't really quite understand what's going on. And then he sits back in the chair and he lays back like he's going to relax. And you're like, what the hell is he doing? And then all of a sudden there's a banging at the door. And he he looks at the door like, I don't want to get up. And you're like, huh. And the banging happens again and he gets up from the chair. He opens up the door. He looks, it's the kid. And the kid's like, they're on the loose. It's the slugs. We got to kill them. And he goes, well, I guess we do. And he turns around, he goes back to the stove, and you realize he's gassing himself to death because he's, he's taking care of the killer twice now. And, like, like he's a cop with a death wish. And you're like, it's such a quiet, peaceful scene. And, like, and it's like, you're like, wow, that was him committing suicide. And then you're not surprised later on when there's a scene, situation where there's a thing going on in the basement and he's like yeah gonna die this way instead yeah yeah it uh it was one of those things that um like he he's like he's 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 committing suicide basically like for yeah for for whatever i guess you know he's traumatized by what happened before and and he has finally put the put put the put the monster down again um but uh, you're right. He want he decides to go out a hero, basically. Um, yeah. And yeah, there again, like uh, the the way they've crafted this film is it, it's all it all kind of works. There are no throwaway scenes. There's a bunch of stuff that you're like, why is it in this movie? Why is it in this movie? This kind of scene, like there's scenes that take you out of the movie, like the aliens in the yep. beginning, and you're like, what? And then it they tie it all back up in a nice little bow, and you're like. It's a weird movie, but man, I had a fun time watching it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got a few more clips here, which might inspire some uh, conversation. So let's play a few of these. Uh-huh. Oh, that was in the that was the fifties. Uh, that was the 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 dude who who. There's always a dude in a car with a lady at like Lovers Lane Hill, and the dude always like gets out of the car and goes into the forest and gets attacked by some monster. Um, and <laughs> this is the thing. 
in the film uh, at the very beginning, if you didn't know this was a zombie film and you're watching it, it's like, oh, it's an alien film uh, set in the 50s. And, oh, this cop comes by the car and is like, oh, there's a psycho killer on the loose. There's a radio playing a bulletin that there's a psycho killer on the loose. He's escaped from an insane asylum. Um, and you're thinking to yourself, like, well, no, I know this is a zombie film. I just saw aliens. There's these weird slugs. That's what's going to get the guy. Uh, the slugs do get the guy. But then there is a psycho killer on the loose um, yeah. with an axe, like an axe murderer. And I thought, like, again... It was just one of those things where you're just, it, it was almost like this film was a parody of. Well, it was, it, that was its intention. It was okay. supposed to be like a parody of a B movie. Like they were trying to intentionally make a fifties B movie. Oh. And, and it, you can see it right from the scenes in the movie because it's supposed to be the eighties, but the cop cars look more like the cop cars from the fifties. And. If it wasn't for the fact that there are modern 80s cars driving around, you wouldn't think twice that this might not be the 50s or the 60s. I mean, the, you you don't really see a modern computer for its era in the movie, except maybe later on when they're in a lab. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the, the All the phones are of the era, which the era of the 80s and the, in the 50s is the same phone. It's not like people are walking around with cell phones. Um so it it feels almost like it's only in the eighties because they didn't want to try and make a period piece, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, I mean uh, the fact that you're saying it is was meant to be a parody film. Uh, I feel like it's a good parody film. Like it, you know, most parody films that come to mind are like from the horror genre, like the scary movie films, which uh, you know were definitely very much a product of the nineties. Uh, but I think when they were doing the parody work in this one, they also cared deeply about what they were parodying. Even the alien stuff, like, it works. Like, it feels like... Like, the alien designs are a bit comical, and I think that's where maybe they fail a little bit in the parody. But, like, the spaceship design, the effects, the the interior of the ship, that was all mm-hmm. really good, like, alien, you know? Yeah. Um uh but you know like any other horror film there's a bit of foreshadowing and i i i you know i thought this was a a great uh exchange once the cop our main cop uh fine as interviewing our two heroes i mean we're not your fraternity types i I personally would rather have my brains invaded by creatures from space than pledge a fraternity he's lying we did it (laughs) you got one guy who's uh who says oh you know uh, we did. We would never pledge to a, a, a fraternity. Like, no, we did it. Like, we're the goody two shoes. We gotta own up. Um, okay. So there is one thing I want to comment on. Sure. It bugged me the whole movie, and I didn't look it up until just now. So the guy that plays the the plays the girl's boyfriend, Brad. Mm-hmm. The whole time I kept seeing him, I kept going, I know that guy from something, but I can't place it. Why do I know him from something? And it's nothing new. It, I was like, this isn't something. He was in something in this era, but he had a different haircut or a different hair color. Why does this bother me? I, 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 and I finally, I looked it up. Have you ever seen Mama's Family? Uh, no. Spinoff of the Carol Burnett show? Nope, no. He was in 95 episodes of Mama's Family as the as the dumb brother Bubba. Huh. Okay. And that's why I recognized him. I guess that goes to show my it shows my age. You don't know what Mama's family is. Man, that makes me feel old. 
I mean, like, it's funny when you look at the IMDb, you can kind of tell who's still working because if they have a, a, a recent headshot, um, I guess, uh, I guess like the main kid, um, uh, is, he's is still, still working. Although he took a bit of a break from the nineties to, and then he started getting work again in the 2017 to 2021. So like, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting cast, uh, I mean, as you said, um, Tom Atkins is uh... Tom Atkins. If you click on his IMDb, forget it. It's 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 just wall to wall horror movies. Yeah. Oh well, yep. he's in the Collector Three, Final Summer. Yep. He's um he's in uh he's in the Fog. I forgot he was in the Fog. Huh. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. Um. Uh, uh, here I got one. I got a couple more here. Uh, this one's just titled "Zombie." Oh, I think I think I know what this one is. I think it was a zombie, and its head exploded, and things like slugs or something spilled out. Okay. Maybe I should walk you home. <laughs> I love his uh-huh. reaction. He's just like, "All righty then." Um, you need you you are you feeling okay? Yeah, it's like it's like I'm talking to this crazy girl now, and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I I found like she was really soft spoken, especially in this moment. So it, it it takes a little bit longer, but she obviously's been through a lot in this moment, and she's confiding in in her new friends and. Uh, uh, I just love his reaction. Like he's supportive, but he's also like, clearly you've been through some shit. You need to go home. Um, but this is the moment where, again, I love how smart these characters are. They're talking. Uh, she is obviously not talking to Brad about this because Brad's a dick. But like talking to her new friend, uh, who I forget his name, in in basically just saying like, hey, this happened. We should probably be on the lookout because i don't think it's a isolated event um and i thought that was a a really good moment um and you know what i've got one more clip from uh from our lovely detective zombies exploding heads creepy crawlies and a date for the formal this is classic spanky yep Classic Spanky. I didn't understand Classic Spanky. I uh, wasn't really sure what that was. That was kind of his nickname for the kid, I think. Oh, okay. You know, it kind of seemed like he, like, he, he, he attached himself to these kids in a, in a way where well, when they, when they, when, when they, when they admit to him in the scene, uh, like in the, the thing that they did it, he says something about, uh, Spanky, I think, or something. It, it like afterwards or like what are you two spankies doing here or something like that and so when he sees the, the thing later and he says it again you go oh okay it, it is interesting where these characters uh do quickly um you know form this team you know and and bond so uh yeah all in all movie. yeah i'm it's, not gonna lie i love this movie it's great i'm really glad we watched it i'm surprised it's taken us this long to watch it i feel like we've really started to uh get back to movies with zombies Eight Man podcast and i'm really happy about that and uh, i do appreciate everybody donating to our extra life campaign and and uh and suggesting these films really great work 
Um, we really do appreciate it. But uh, yeah, that's Night of the Creeps. Uh, it was a really fun watch. Definitely check it out if you haven't already and hopefully enjoyed our discussion. Um, coming up on Zamp, though, we, we do want to kind of continue the movie uh, vibe, even though we do have Fear the Walking Dead sitting in our back pocket. Um, essentially, it's been so long since Fear the Walking Dead wrapped its first half of the season. We felt like, hey, why don't we just keep this movie train going, move Fear the Walking Dead closer to when it's returning. Um, either way, we've got a bunch of content that we want to cover. So next time, now that the new Resident Evil movie is available for rental, we're going to watch that one and discuss it. Uh, so I, as much as I've given it a hard time, I am looking forward to that. Uh, Lou, you've already seen it, right? Yes, I have. I've watched it once. I was severely distracted while watching it. So the second time I'm going to watch it uh with with more with my eye with my my full attention good good stuff because uh, it deserves that attention um also you know elephant in the room the walking dead's coming back i think it's coming back like this week like this weekend if you're an amc plus subscriber uh so you'll have that to look forward to in the coming weeks and as i said fear the walking dead we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about its uh its first half of the season closer to its return uh, after its uh, hiatus. And uh, we have more Extra Life Donation zombie movies to discuss with The Dead 2, Go Home, and Night of the Living Dead still on the list. So definitely stay tuned for that. Lou, we have ourselves a fantastic Facebook message from a new listener named Dan. I've just started listening to the podcast, and I'm loving it. I found it on a complete whim, but I'm glad I did. You guys are funny as hell. Keep up the good work, listening to you guys all the way from Wales, UK. Myself and my mate have watched so many zombie movies. It's awesome to hear others who are as passionate about them. I've read so many books and comics and watched so many movies and series. I hope you guys stick at it. Now, this is the thing. I had actually messaged uh, Dan back and said, like, oh, we're, we're going to be talking about Night of the Creeps on our most recent episode. Stay tuned for that. In which he responded, I'm only about eight episodes in, but it's great content. I thought of a good tool, which deserves... Actually, this is separate from my point. Uh, I'll just interject here. Basically, he's, he's listening from episode one. And as we've said, you, you really shouldn't do, do that. that. No. So... Um, but it does lead to fun conversations where uh, dead decision and, and weapon of choice are still a thing uh, <laughs> from the podcast. Uh, and Dan suggested, here's a bit of a throwback. Uh, I thought of a good tool, which deserves a good mention if you haven't already, bolt cutters, both practical and deadly. L- Lou. I don't, think we, I don't think we ever did bolt cutters. Yeah, I was going to say, I do not think bolt cutters made it into the weapon of choice. Or, or even featured in the dead decision. But that is a really good point, I think. Yeah, yeah. Almost makes up for the fact that you're listening from episode one. Um, yeah. But hey, evergreen content. I really feel like Zombies Ain't My Podcast. If you can listen from episode one and go straight through. Um, it's funny. I, I often think someday we won't do this show anymore. Down the future. It's a long time away. And I think you're going to still get email about it and message me and be like, man, I'm still getting email about the show. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I really appreciate when we uh, hear from our listeners, especially ones, uh, you know, we joke about listening from episode one, but um, we do. We do appreciate it. We very much do. So uh, the archive is there for a reason. If we didn't want you to listen from episode one, we would remove those episodes and we 
are not going to do that. That sounds like a lot of work, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, we really appreciate it, Dan. Thanks so much for writing in. You can join in, in the conversation on our Discord. I mean, you're probably like 100 episodes away, maybe 150 episodes away from, from learning what our Discord link is. Um, but if you go to our website and see uh, which was existing in the first 10 episodes, you'll see a link to our Discord, bit.ly slash zamp discord. I also want to thank our patrons, uh, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast, just paid a hosting bill and a domain bill. So we really appreciate the support over at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. I rented uh, night of the comets or night of the creeps. Sorry. Night of the comets was on Tubi. This was on Google play. So, uh, every dollar you donate goes right back into the show. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You'll see links for email, Facebook, Twitter. And while you're on Twitter, while you're following Zombies Podcast, also give a follow to me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. That's right. The artwork from day one that has stuck around and stood the test of time is, uh, Joel's work. You can see more of his stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, this has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, I want you to leave us on a a nugget of wisdom. Flamethrowers kill zombies. That they do. And roast slugs. Mm Mm-hmm.